I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we talk about every adaptation of the X-Men. And this week, we are talking about X-23, who was an animated, adapted character first, and a comic book character second. Yay! Back when we were young, we experienced a change. Get ready for more trauma and darkness because that is what this episode is about. Yep. Season three, bringing in all the dark shit. Sadness. Yeah, they're pulling out all the stops on this. I can't even speak. Do you like how we opened this with a really robotic opening where it was like, I am Ryan. We're both very tired. (laughs) You know what? We say that every single time. I was at a Lego wedding last night. It was fantastic. Yeah, Ryan was partying all night long. I just wasn't asleep for no reason. Uh, But listen, we're doing our best. Uh, So I will say, though, okay, I love this episode. I've seen it before. I've seen it many times. I think it's great. I don't know why they introduced X-23. Oh, I don't either. Like, from, like, a mechanical standpoint, they already have Rogue. They already have Wanda. They already have characters who fit this description. Okay, I'm going to explain to you why X-23 exists. It's because the creators, Craig Kyle and somebody else, Christopher Yost, I think, on this show, wanted to create a way for kids to connect to Wolverine because Hmm. Wolverine, like, we liked him as teenagers, but, like, they didn't... They wanted a character who would draw people and be like, oh, this character is just like Wolverine, except she's a kid, and so that way people could connect to Wolverine. It's almost like they should have made Wolverine a kid, and they didn't. (laughs) And we've said that every single episode. Or Storm? I mean, Well, they already did kind of a version of Storm that's a kid by introducing Evan. I mean, I'm not saying he's exactly like Storm, but... They, they still gave Storm like a relative and that's basically exactly what they're doing for Logan here. But well, that's exactly what it is. So like that's the answer for it. Wow. Why not just make Storm and Logan kids? So stupid. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Moving on. It is. Um, so it now is. there's a teenage Logan, gender swap teenage Logan, much as there's a gender swap uh, male version of Storm, there's a version of Logan now and it's X-23 and it's Laura and I love her and she's canon now and she's the best. Yeah. I, I mean, this is interesting because she was made for this show, which a lot of people don't actually know that information. I know. But like, unless the diehards like us know or like other big X-Men fans, but many people that are new to X-Men they love X-23 or they love Laura as Wolverine, mm-hmm. but don't know necessarily that her origin was on this TV show and made for this. And she was so popular yep. that they had to put her into the comic books. Although it's like within a year of it being released, like she came out in like 2003 and then in the comics, she was in 2004 and it may have 
Maybe maybe they had planned. I don't know. To include I don't her, know. But my understanding was that she was so popular that she carried or over. Or just the writers thought she was an interesting character because she is. I mean, it is interesting to imagine Logan being cloned or like reverse engineered in some type of way. And the gender swap of it all is very like 2004 era in terms of like fan fiction and stuff that like people would create. Like it just it's a perfect premise for fandom where it's like, what is oh, Wol- yeah. what if Wolverine was gender swap, first of all? And also what and if a teenage girl, what if Wolverine was a teenager? Like both of those things combined is like perfect. It's it's fanfic. Oh, yeah. you know, it's great. So what you're saying became a big thing in Marvel for a little while, because when we were creating like Kamala Khan yep. and Miss Marvel, there was a period of time where they pushed to have more female representation in the comic book. So, you know, what's her name became Lady Thor. I'm blanking on her name right now. Cause I'm Jane, Jane, Jane became Lady Thor. Laura became Wolverine. Yes. Although that was all like 10, 15 years later. Right. And then Riri became like Iron Man, Iron Heart, Heart. which was like the Iron Man. And the, it was during this time that they were like, okay, Laura's going to be Wolverine. So she was part of that. And the only two things that really stuck from that was, Miss Marvel and Laura. Laura being Wolverine. She she maintained the X-23 mantle briefly in between her stunt as all-new Wolverine and Krakoa. But, like, people didn't like that. Wolverine in the comic books is like, why are we not calling her Wolverine? So, yeah. I mean, I'm in favor of it. She's new Wolverine. He's too. old Wolverine. It's all fine. Everybody can be Wolverine. Or at least just the two of them can be. I mean... Everyone can be Wolverine. <laughs> Anyway, I guess the only previously on the X-Men that we have to say is just the fact that Wolverine has a bunch of Weapon X flashbacks in this. And also Rogue is in the hospital in the sick bay of the X-Mansion because she was struggling with all of these different personalities that she had absorbed. I thought they were going to like do a parallel here with that with me, like yeah. two traumatized characters, but they just don't. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> like, it's okay. just kind of in the background. I, I really thought they were going to go somewhere with that shit. This, okay, this episode is another episode that has no jokes. Like there aren't jokes. I know. It's just trauma for like 20 minutes and that's the end. Well, they try to have the jokes in the moments where the kids are like playing together, except that it's juxtaposed by the fact that X-23 wasn't allowed to have a childhood, so it's it's like, is that Yeah, it's funny? like not funny, though. It's like her watching them and, like, and being like, in the bushes. wow, these people yeah. had a better life than I. Yeah, I know. Like, I would argue that's not funny. Like, there aren't funny parts of this. And there's also parts of this where I'm like, I'm surprised S.H.I.E.L.D. is as laid back as they are during this. And it's only because Nick Fury and Logan are fucking. It's like the only reason. Yeah. And Nick Fury is like so lax with Wolverine in this. It's so many ways where he's like kind of mad, but like also just kind of like, this is the third time on this show where Nick and Logan, like I cannot see them as not dating. I'm like, I'm like, it's like, was this done on purpose to make it look like they were like, but who cares? It's definitely homoerotic and they feel just like weird best friends that are really emotionally close to one another and going and visiting Snow White, Steve Rogers and his little glass case every now and then. (laughs) That's because Logan's grumpy. And I don't know who Nick Fury is. I I don't even know all the Snow White. And I know there's grumpy and dopey and like bashful doc. There aren't there like two other ones. Sleepy. Who's the other one? Isn't there another one? Please don't ask me to name all the dwarves. I can't. I don't know any of them. You've already named more of them than I ever could. Okay. Well, I'm just going to assume that Nick Fury is Doc. Anyway, so this this episode, I don't I don't think we need to say any other previously on the X Men. We can. This is kind of a standalone episode as well, where it's just like introducing the idea of X twenty three existing, but like 
it's not really as though you need to know anything previous. You know what I mean? Like she, she, she is her own character. She has her own storyline. She was line. previously abused as a child. That's pretty much what the previous. But that's all in the episode already, though. So that's yeah. not previously. I couldn't remember if that stuff was in this episode or her follow up episode in season four because I couldn't remember if that had flashbacks in it or not. I don't know. I think it's all in here because this entire episode is like flashing backwards and forwards, but to show us. Her entire life story. No, I think you're right. I think this is the correct one. I couldn't remember because when I was in high no high school, I was like 19. So it was like a year after high school. I made a music video, like an AMV, which I never did anything with. That was an X23 AMV with the two episodes. And I put it to like Evanescence's My Tourniquet. I am sure <laughs> any Evanescence song would be perfect for X23, honestly. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, that's how much we loved her. We were one of the, we were definitely those people who were like, X23 should be in the comic books. And then she mm-hmm. was. Although her basically introduction it happened because of us, which we will, yeah, it was us. We created yeah. it. Uh, and Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so tired. I am making it's like, this is going to be the Ryan's ADHD episode because i can rein that shit in when i'm not exhausted but today is not that day great but i guess we can talk about this episode yeah let's so okay it opens with somebody some masked crusader running through the halls of what turns out to be a shield base but we don't know that at this time it just looks like somebody's breaking yeah in. i mean we can just tell you now that it's x23 right and, but we the viewer especially when we first saw this we had no idea who the fuck was yeah this. it's just like a person wearing all black leather night vision goggles full mask you don't actually even know this if this is a woman or a man you just sort of see them as like this acrobatic person no i think they did it really well and i remember when i first saw the episode like they didn't reveal who it was for half the episode and yeah, I was they like, don't tell you for a really long time. I have really honestly had so many theories on who would it be. And then they were like, she takes off her mask and has claws. And it's like X-23. And I was like, I, and me a big X-Men fan. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, because you were <laughs> like, that's not a character I know at all. Like, what is this? Like, you invented somebody, which is fine. I mean, like, I was getting used to that with X-Men Evolution because we had Risty and we had Evan and like a bunch of characters that just existed in the school. But yeah. Yeah. So this character is looking at this screen with all profile pictures of the, all the X-Men on it, which once you find out this is a shield base, that makes a lot more sense. But at the very beginning, you're like, what the fuck? And so she's like looking at all these profile pictures and she clicks on Logan's profile. I paused it. This shot is hilarious because there's like oh, yeah, typos I, I, all over this. And I was like, why <laughs> did they not even bother to proofing this? They don't even capitalize Logan's name. Like it's a lowercase L. Okay, but I, I, I feel like that thought was so shittily written. Like why? My, far, my favorite part is birthplace question mark, question mark, question mark. And then underneath it, it says thought to be Canada, but to be is one yes, word. Yes, I also I wrote like, that down. It just looks like it says thought Tobe Canada. Like, why? <laughs> I think they didn't have enough space on the screen to finish what they were writing. But I don't, I think they just wrote it in two fucking seconds and they knew nobody would pause it because back then you couldn't pause it. Like, you couldn't do that. Right. It was on TV. Oh, but we did. Also, his blood type is D plus mutated. Is that, wait, hold on. D-man? <laughs> I don't know why it's a D. Okay. I don't know. That's not even a thing, right? No, is no. it? Oh, it is. It, it is. is. It says, what is blood type D? The D antigen in the RH system determines whether you have a positive or negative blood. So that's not even an answer. I don't know what that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think D plus mutated means anything. Somebody's going to write in and be like. Please, by all means, the mutantages at gmail.com. Tell us about D plus mutated know. blood because clearly we don't know what it is. It means you're a D man. But anyway, the first of many dramatic reveals is the fact that this character then pops two adamantium claws, not three, just two, and destroys all of the computer screens. 
which if we're just like, oh, we know this isn't Logan because they're too small, first of all. But we don't know who the fuck it is. And she also she also puts her hand gently against the screen of Logan's face at first. Yes, and strokes it. In a very like childlike way. Yeah. And then she breaks out and like destroys all this shit, which is going to be a recurring theme, which they do explain in this. And it's this incredibly fucked up sequence. It is really sad. Yeah. Like later on, they're like, by the way, she can't control our emotions because we tortured her for like 12 years. Yeah. And everyone's like, uh, <laughs> what? And it's like, uh, well, maybe you should have not done that. That would have helped. Yeah. Anyway, so she runs away and we see this guard on the ground. And this is actually kind of important. So the guard has this little metal circle, like tiny circle on his forehead and she, as it turns out, put that there. She probably stole these from S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. But they're like these little electrocution devices that like make somebody pass out if you stick it on their head. So that's going to come up later. Um, and so then a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents or guards are chasing her. And she goes up to the roof and there's some dogs chasing her. Obviously, she doesn't have to attack the dogs. Although there was a brief moment when I thought she might have to. I, I was worried about that. Yeah, like, I know. I was like, are you serious? You're going to have her kill some dogs? I actually I actually wrote down that I think she popped her claws when they came at her as a threat. But she looked at them and wouldn't advance her because I don't think she wanted to kill the dogs. I don't think she wanted to do yeah. that. Um, so then she runs away and she like uses her claws on a random pipe nearby. And it emits a bunch of steam so that she can like cover her tracks essentially because there's this helicopter with a spotlight chasing her so basically they they lose her and the guards are like colonel fury's gonna have our heads and then we see laura went into the sewers to escape like a classic weapon x program character she went into the sewers and uh, well, escaped. Yeah, right. and she's gonna hang out with logan Sabretooth, and whoever else down there who knows whoever, whoever they want to create for this the teenage mutant ninja turtles whoever they might run into so then we get the intro and then we get a totally different scene uh, at the X mansion. Happy music, happy sunlight. Everybody's happy. But it's like really funny because this is a training sequence. And These are the close scenes that are the closest we're going to get to anything being funny. So you may as well treasure them. I mean, it's only funny because Bobby is being a piece of shit. Okay. Bobby's imitation is amazing here. I'm just going to say that. Okay. Well, okay. That's first because like him and Berserker are bitching about doing a training mission outside at like 5 a.m. With Logan specifically. Specifically, they're bitching that Logan is the one running it because he's a hard ass. Berserker's like, why do we have to do this outside? And like Ice Pig grows three ice claws and he goes, there's no off switch in the real world, bub. I thought it was amazing. I loved the ice claws. I loved his little impersonation. I mean, I love Bobby. There's a reason why I married him in my fan fiction when I had to come to. It, it's funny. I chose him over Wolverine, yep. but Wolverine is too busy having sex with Gambit. So, well, that actually makes a lot of sense. Honestly, it does. It does. Anyway, so I felt like Bobby and Berserker were like awkwardly checking each other out here, too. Yeah, they kind of are. And there's a moment way later where Berserker basically compliments Bobby and only Bobby. Like, I'll point it out when we get to it it's <laughs> oh I just my God. It was interesting bobby's actually gay on this show it's funny absolutely so then ray falls into a hole well first they hear somebody in the trees oh you're right they do hear x23 they hear her because at this point she's stalking around she doesn't come out and, right. s- and actually show herself yet she's just following them and they hear her in the bushes and they think it's a trap which there's traps constantly everywhere because Logan set up a billion traps in the woods for them to fall into. So they don't think it's anything suspicious. They're just like, God, this sucks. Also guns up here. And I was like, oh my God, are they going to shoot him? But then balls fly out. And I was like, okay, thank God. Yeah, it's like Nerf balls that shoot them. So I was like, okay, at least Logan isn't doing the Xavier shit. Xavier would have just left it full of ammo and lasers. I know. So I mean, like really Xavier is the most strict of all of them. Logan at least put Nerf balls in there. (laughs) So anyway, Ray falls into a hole and he's like, Bobby, get me the fuck out of this hole and bobby's like well i may be 
Brandy later and then runs away on the ice. He turns into Elsa and just like flies away. I don't really know why Bobby just kind of is like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking help you. And then he skates away and he sees Multima Man and Roberto like hanging from a trap in a tree. And there's a bunch of other like uh, little Jamie's around like kind of laughing and trying to get them down, but also like not really trying. <laughs> They're like not helping at all. <laughs> yeah, and Bobby skates by and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come back for you. But like, obviously he doesn't give a shit because it would literally take him one second to free them. Like he could just shoot a little ice knife out and like knock them out of the tree like instantly oh, and he doesn't bother. And then we we run by. I feel like Iceman is like doing that thing where he's like, I'm just better than you oh, guys. Oh, absolutely, Sorry. absolutely. He's showing off, which is very Bobby Drake. Yes, yes, absolutely. So then he skates by Cannonball, who's trapped underneath a net. It's immune to his powers somehow because he's trying to Cannonball out of the net and it doesn't work. And he's like, oh, Bobby, help me. And Bobby's just like, Ugh, I'm never going to learn anything if I have to keep rescuing you guys. And I was like, Bobby. Oh, my God. He's such a bitch. I love it. That is part of what you have to learn is how to rescue your teammates. That's literally being an X-Man. Like, Bobby. Like, I don't think he was taking the training seriously. I no. think he was like, this training's so dumb. I'm just going to, like, make a big joke about it, which is very Bobby Drake. Absolutely. And so then Bobby, like, smashes into Logan and falls down. Logan grabs him and Bobby goes, ah, uh, did I win? Which is pretty funny. It is really funny. And then Logan like loses a ship, but then helicopters show up and Beast happens to be there. He's like, thank God my boyfriend's here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like yeah. turns to the kids. He's like, you're doing the course again. All of you. Yep. Cause you're all dumb as fuck. <laughs> Logan is like super strict with everybody. He's like, everybody fucked up. I'm not going to tell you what you did wrong, but all of you fucked up. And he's like stomping into the woods and he's like, Beast, handle this. And Beast is just like, okay. Uh. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. And so then also the helicopters in the background is obviously Nick Fury. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just can't. Like every iteration of Beast and Logan together, like whether it's in the animated series or Evolution or Wolverine, the X-Men or the anime. Yeah. Or if even like at the comic books, it's like it's so good. Like because they're I like like, it. <laughs> so close, but also like taking turns. The two of them take turns being doing stupid shit and being annoyed by each other doing stupid shit, but also are like each other's best friends. It's really perfect. It is. It is. So then Logan runs away into the woods after yelling at everyone that he'll be watching them, which he won't be. He's leaving. But whatever. It's fine. I know. So then we go to another scene where Xavier's talking to Rogue, who's in her hospital bed. Can I please write down what I wrote for Xavier sure. here where he says, well, as far as I can determine, you've recovered from your recent experiences because I'm a shitty doctor and I can just decide these things. And if you want to rejoin the other students, I don't see why you can't. And I'm like, she's been down there for a week, dude. I don't think like you've given enough time to recover from absolutely not. any any part of this, any part of this. And Rogue is basically like, mm, I don't want to go back. I feel a little better, but I feel like I need more time. I think that's fair. I think that's and fair. And Xavier's like, of course, take as much time as you need. And then Rogue is like, I'm not ready to be around people. And Xavier's like, sure, sure. I'm sure it has nothing to do with avoiding Logan's training session. And Rogue is like, was that today? And it's very funny. And it's like clear that she is recovered. It is. It is funny. But I also think that like Rogue is legit and feeling like she doesn't want to be near a whole lot of people because that comes up again at the end of the episode where she still is being very isolated. Yeah. Although I also think she does want to get out of Logan's training session because apparently literally everyone does because Logan's idea of training is just screaming at everyone and then walking into the woods again and being like you all did it wrong and it's like what okay but like then hank does it and they're like it's fun, more fun with him but i'm like it doesn't seem that different from what logan was doing it was just like he's not yelling at them i guess i think that is the big difference really i mean it's also like they were playing a bunch of games and like obstacle courses with hank as opposed to like falling into holes and getting pelted with nerf balls and like beanbags and stuff <laughs> it did seem different because hank was basically making everything into a game 
you know? Oh, yeah, that's true. And I think that was a, the smart way to handle it because that's kind of what Logan learns. But we're not even there yet. So then yeah. Logan's in front of the helicopters, yep, right? Yep. And like he's waiting to see what happens. And Xavier just rolls up and he's like, why does S.H.I.E.L.D. think you have anything to do with the break-in? I'm like, did you just read his mind on the way over yes. to like get that information? I was like, I think so. Yes. Because you were not having a conversation before. I assumed, actually, I assumed he read Nick Fury's mind in the helicopter before rolling over there whoever it is i mean xavier just quickly read everyone's mind and he rolled up he was like hey so why do they think you have anything to do with the break-in and look at this is so used to him doing yeah. that he's like he's just like he's like whatever doesn't i don't even know. second glance it i don't know when logan is like if if nick really thought i did it this sure ain't the way he'd be picking me up and it's okay that's so gay a fair point gay. as well it's gay. like <laughs> it's gay first of all second of all nick would be arresting logan if he had anything on him there's also this moment where logan is walking towards the helicopters and xavier just goes logan if you need anything and logan completely ignores him doesn't even turn around and just keeps walking yeah, towards like, what, nick. what is xavier gonna do I know, like I know. what is he gonna offer that's gonna to help logan in this situation i don't know brainwashing all of shield i don't know <laughs> so then fury and xavier nod and smile at one another and like logan gets into the helicopter for his date and then we get a new scene uh at the shield headquarters where fury is basically giving logan a tour of the crime scene so clearly nick fury doesn't think logan did it because he would never do this if he thought that like ever they're dating they're yeah. if they're not dating they're very close so and nick and nick is like the attacker had metal claws and your DNA, and it wasn't even your jizz all over my bedroom this time. <laughs> and Logan is like, what the fuck? Okay, that, okay, I'm glad that you wrote this down. Also, that his response is, what the fuck? Because, like, that is Logan's response to everything in this. He's just w- screaming wildly in the background. What the fuck is wrong with all of you? I mean, it's a valid question because he had no idea he was even cloned in the first place. Okay, so then it's like, IDK, dude. I don't, none of this makes any kind of sense. And Logan's like, why the fuck? Fuck, do you have a sample of my DNA? Like, and to which I wrote Fury saying, you know the answer to that because there is <laughs> a very obvious answer to why he has a sample of Logan's DNA because whatever. Anyway, so then they open a door and there's a hot blonde lady wearing a lab coach standing there and she sees Logan and she's like, Weapon X! And Logan and is Logan's like... like <laughs> he's like, what the fuck did you call me, you bitch? And it was like, yeah. whoa. And so then the guards take out their guns like on Logan because they're like, is he about to fucking kill this lady? And Fury is like, can everybody just chill for a second? He's like, he's like everyone calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> like, And he's like, the doctor risked a lot coming to us. And the doctor is like, please, we're running out of time. And Fury's like, okay, tell us the fucking story. Yeah, I know. She's like, she's like, we got to move fast right now. And Nick's like, um, no, explain like any of this shit first. Yeah, like explain literally everything that's going on. And she sits down and she's like, okay, my name's Dr. Deckard. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she's so calm about it, too. She's, she's like, like freaking okay, out. And Nick's just like, no, we're not doing that. You're going to sit down and tell us what the fuck we're even doing, by the way, which is so Nick Fury. Like, yeah, I would love to see a Samuel L. Jackson version of the scene honestly i would love that actually i don't think it'll ever happen because they've already kind of done x23 in logan i i mean maybe they'll do it again in the marvel universe that's not a good excuse because they've done like half the x-men in the x-men fox films no so. i know i'm i'm not sure what to expect in the marvel version of this i could see them doing x23 again Anyway, the doctor says, my name's Dr. Deborah Reisman. I just called her the doctor on the rest of my notes because it doesn't really matter. But that's her name. No, and it's not the one that they chose for the comic books either, which is very interesting. I thought that was interesting, too. Because it's written by the same person. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, why did they? All right, whatever. Maybe they just wanted to change it. Anyway, she's like, I was a scientist for Hydra, an organization that deals in information, which is like the most euphemistic way you could possibly describe 
Hydra, which Fury calls her out on and is like, stop sugarcoating it. They're fucking spies. I really thought Nick was about to say, for fuck's sake. They're Nazis. I thought he was going to say they're Nazis. And I was like, fair enough if you want to call them that. But he doesn't. He just calls them spies. And he's like, dropping operatives inside shield walls is their favorite pastime. And the doctor's like, that's why I'm here. An operative X-23 was sent to infiltrate this facility. But then went rogue on us. And Logan is like, so fucking what? And just I the know, he's like, like, trust what me, else is to do? you're going to be worried about this shit. So then she takes <laughs> out a CD and puts it into a CD-ROM drive. <laughs> and it like shows the CD <laughs> going in. And then it boots up a fucking like AVI file it's of like, like the Hydro logo. <laughs> it plays. Oh my god! <gasps> Remember the old Windows sound effect? It was like yeah, that. It's that, but with a Hydro logo. And Logan is like, "Why are you working for the bad guys?" And this answer is pretty fucked up, honestly. She's it like, is, "But it's a good answer in terms of like why I mean, this is a logical have this. answer." Yeah, like I'm not saying like it's a good thing to do. It's a great answer, and this is why everyone should do it. I recommend everybody <laughs> do this, actually. Like, yeah. <laughs> so she says, "No boundaries." They gave me the chance to push genetics beyond anything conventional science had ever seen, beyond what any government allowed. My job there was to create a weapon, the perfect weapon, based on data hydrids stolen from a project codenamed Weapon X. And Logan starts flipping out at the name of it. I mean, well, valid, that's like, valid. Logan is also like having PTSD flashbacks through this episode. We just don't see them. We just you can't see blame him. him. He's doing the thing where he grabs his head and falls to the ground. He's like, my memory. Yeah, he's like, having that's what's that happening. moment this whole episode, except that it's like very well done and like relatable the whole time. Mm-hmm. So then she's like, I failed time and time again, 22 times to be precise. And then we see some shots interspersed with Laura fighting against some robots. But again, we still don't see what she looks like. She's still wearing her like leather mask and everything. And she looks like a mysterious figure. Right. And um, so as the doctor keeps monologuing, she's like 23 was the charm. Once we realized where to look for the answer, which I thought they were going to be like, they, we realized he had to make Logan into a woman. I don't know why I thought they were going to say that, but they didn't. That was just me in my <laughs> own head. But anyway. But then, wait, no, but that's the actual canon in the comic books. It was failed I know, because I think of, it is the answer. No, it is the answer because, like, they couldn't get the chromosomes. Well, maybe they, they planned to, but they didn't ever get there. But there was, yeah. like, something with the chromosomes about how they couldn't get, like, the male chromosome. To, they couldn't get everything, so they had to, like, fill in the blanks with, like, this. the doctor's own DNA is how she creates it. Yeah. Whatever. We'll talk about that later. So the doctor is like, it was you, Weapon uh, Wolverine. She like realizes she couldn't, shouldn't call him Weapon X anymore. And she's like, your healing factor was the answer. So we acquired your DNA. And Logan is like. Logan like loses his shit. Yeah. He's like, you cloned me. <laughs> yeah. And then the doctor is like, not entirely. I had to make a few genetic variations. Unfortunately, that caused some instability. And I was like, okay, Unfortunately. listen, Logan already has instability. I don't think the genetic variations were what caused it. I think that was just Logan. Like what? Also, all the torture <laughs> that you guys did. You guys tortured yeah. this person constantly. I don't think that there was any issue with the genetics, but whatever. I think their explanation is that she then says our design was to breed out emotions, which left her with explosive anger. That's her explanation, which basically means she does have emotions anyway. So then we see Laura destroy a wall leaping into a control room with a bunch of scientists and she's gonna fucking kill them but she just destroys the control room basically because they can't do this on a kid's show but those people would be dead for the comic books which would be valid because they've been torturing her right so then the doctor is like i succeeded in creating the ultimate weapon and logan's like but then you couldn't control it 
And then we see a shot of X-23 in the tree outside the X-Mansion. And this is where we reveal that she is a young girl. And she takes off her mask, reveals her long brown hair, real Samus Aran shit right here. Yep. And the doctor finally uses his gender pronoun to describe her. And is like, she's out there somewhere and must be found. And I thought it was interesting that at no point is anyone surprised that it's a girl. Oh, yeah. Like, no one even reacts to that as like, oh, she's a girl. Like, no one even makes mention of it. It's just like, oh, yeah, okay. I liked it. Well, that's because I mean, this show did that with everything, though. Like they were they were cool with gender swapping. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, okay. It's it's basically a character. It's kind of like Wolverine. It's a woman. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, they they went into this TV show being like, we're gonna make this about queer people, but like, and also a ton of female characters are gonna get to do awesome shit the entire time. I mean, honestly, yeah. Like the ratio of female characters versus guy doing stuff on the show is like much higher than it has been in other shows. It's fun. I mean, you can kind of see like gender politics changing in the 2000s as compared to X-Men the animated series where like Gene was constantly orgasming. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, right? Like but I just I do feel like X-Men Evolution was ahead of the game on that stuff. Absolutely. So then we get to see a cute little scene where Jane, Jamie is swinging around over a ravine and Beast is chasing him but like instead of like the Logan scene where Logan would be like screaming at Jamie to speed the fuck up because he's going to die, Beast is like laughing and like then he chases Jamie into a bush and tackles him and then all a bunch of other little Jamies tackle him and like X-23 is watching this and it's like sad. Like she like looks confused yeah. by it. She's like, what is this? An adult like training somebody how to fight, but like in a fun way. It's not a joke because she's sitting there and she's looking sad and pissed because then she has a PTSD flashback yes. after watching that where people are shooting sandbags at her yes. in the rain. And you don't even see who it is shooting at her. Like you don't even see like any affection dealt to her. It's just like these faceless turrets are shooting at her and she's breaking the sandbags and then eventually one hits her and she like cries in shame and is it's so fucking sad like there's nothing really funny sad. about it it's just sad because then she's watching bobby she, well she watches everybody but right now she's watching bobby who's creating little ice tubes for cannibal to fly through and sunset gay hits the, i know <laughs> the, everything about this is gay sunspot hits cannibal and the cannibal like blows into a bunch of trees that get knocked over revealing x23 and nobody sees her by the way and she gets ready to attack him yeah i know because roberto and bobby are too busy laughing at like um cannonball falling down and she pops her claws looking at cannonball but then beast blows the whistle and walks up and he's like great job let's pack it in everybody and they walk away and x23 just kind of sheathes her claws and is like oh i guess like they don't attack each other constantly interesting yeah i mean like that is the reaction she gets and then it goes back to deborah who's like hydra had her since birth isolating her from any attachments or love and then we have this incredibly fucked up scene where it's like her as a baby. Okay, so first it's a baby that they're ignoring. Like, it's a baby alone in a room it's crying. It's a baby in an empty, empty room crying. Which this crying. has been proven to be damaging at this point. Like, at, at the time this came out, yeah. I don't think people knew how damaging this was, but like because we're like, oh, it's a baby. Like, it's not even forming memories. But actually it is and like, if you leave a baby alone it fucks them up. <laughs> like, it's not good. <laughs> so this baby was crying alone in a room, which is sad. And then we see a shot of toddler Laura like climbing along a beam hand to hand along a beam. And then the camera pans out to reveal she's in a huge fucking room where like if she fell, yeah, she's like in the death star. I don't yeah, know. She's like in the death star. And it's like, she wouldn't die if she fell because her healing factor would kick in, but she would like break all of her legs if she fell and be insanely painful. It's crazy. Like they're torturing this child. She's like alone in a huge fucking death star room. I know it's horrible. And then Logan is right when he like turns around, he's like, and here you are just letting it all happen. Yeah. I mean, this is Logan though. Cause he's like, yeah. Highly traumatized from being 
operated on by the government. And he's blaming this doctor because his doctor was complicit in Laura's torture for her entire fucking life. And the doctor is like, it was made very clear I could leave if I disapproved, but for her sake, I chose to stay. We trained her how to blend in naturally with others, which like they really didn't. So they showed Laura sitting in front of a playground, like stone faced silence, like watching children play, (laughs) glaring at the other children. And then this little kid comes up um, like next to her and like takes out a music box, a little ballerina, like turning around slowly inside of it. And then we just see like a shot of Laura getting dragged away by some guards. And like it shows the music box has been completely destroyed. And it's like, yeah, okay. And the doctor is like monologuing over it. And she's like, when she watched children having fun, witnessed loving families, unexpected hostilities emerged. And it's like, is it unexpected? Because you've been torturing (laughs) her for her entire life. You're just a shitty person. Turns out that's it. Yeah. Which I mean, Logan calls out repeatedly in this. He's like, you're just a piece of shit. Like that's Logan's response. I mean, when then the doctor describes them putting her through the weapon X tube. And that's when Logan has like the real flashback where he's like screaming. She's a child, not a weapon. How do you sleep at night? Which like, this is like a very emotional episode. (laughs) I know. I mean, like, because Logan's now having a PTSD flashback in the PTSD flashback of X 23. Yeah. And the doctor's says she doesn't sleep at night and that's why she's here to help her to try to undo some of the damage i've done which is like it's too fucking late whatever yeah like <laughs> I, she's like she's like hydra allowed me to do all this unethical shit for like 12 years After torturing this child for 16 years or however old yeah. x23 is um i've decided maybe it was bad it's time to atone for my sins but you know that bitch if she has like another opportunity to like advance science in a way that like couldn't conventionally done she'd be like oh i did this before and it made me feel bad but like science this is the way we learn could it be i love science anyway whatever she's basically miss sinister classic (laughs) hydro scientist right there so then we still see x23 watching through the windows of the mansion okay well yeah this is interesting because she's like following everybody she's like looking at sunspot and cannibal who are playing a game together i don't know what they're playing they're playing chess are they okay yeah and so then she keeps climbing up the roof and she sees storm watering her plants with a tiny little cloud and she keeps climbing climbing okay Hold on, this next scene is important. So Kitty's on the phone. She's flying on Kitty who's on the <laughs> phone. Important. And Kitty has a line where she has such a way with pastry, which is a reused line from the cruise control episode that I think was supposed to have aired at this point, yeah. but it didn't. So they just reused that line, Why? except it's like not in context anything. And it doesn't even match up what their mouth was doing. I think they forgot to like have the actor record, record line. a line yeah so they just like put in this line from a different episode that is from now a future episode it's so weird that's super weird i feel like you don't need a line like she could have just not said anything there i mean we could have not heard what she said right because then what happens is kurt bamps into the room and then steals the phone and then kitty hits him with a pillow I mean, she, I mean who is she talking to like lance, lance again like <laughs> that's I, what probably. i wrote down is that it was lance and so then as laura's watching the philip pillow fight between them she has a flashback to her being a teenager alone in a complete white featureless room with no furniture just like having a panic attack by herself it's the saddest shit you've ever seen oh yeah i know but she keeps climbing and she sees scott and gene doing the dishes and gene uses her powers to splash scott and they like laugh and they're at like each giggling other. and flirty yeah. and like throwing the dishes around and like splashing each other and be like <laughs> we're dating now <laughs> and laura throws up and then she keeps climbing <laughs> Um, and then we see sort of like a little time jump. So Xavier rolls down the hall and he senses Laura, but he thinks it's Logan at first, which is sort of interesting. Oh, that's a good point because I didn't even put those two things together. Like, I think because he senses her mind and just thinks it's Logan because it's like they have such similar vibes, I guess. I don't know. It's interesting. So then he goes into a room. There's somebody unhinged, like trying to kill people in the background. Is it Logan? Yeah. Somebody's having a weapon X flashback somewhere. It's got to be Logan. (laughs) 
Um, so then he rolls into this room and he sees Laura sitting at the chess table, just sobbing by herself. And Xavier rolls up. He's like, oh, hello. What's your name? And Laura keeps crying and doesn't answer him. And then suddenly she stops crying and throws one of her little metal things onto his head to electrocute him. These are these little circles. Yeah, these little circles. And she and he's knocked unconscious. And he's knocked unconscious after like screaming in pain. And so then we're like, oh fuck. I mean, she she's also researched all these X Men. She knows how to take them out. Exactly. So the first person she takes out Xavier. is Charles Xavier because she knows that if he knows what's going on, he can warn everybody. Yes, that's right. I mean, she repeatedly throughout all of this, like has clearly read all the profiles on all the X-Men on that computer before. I mean, she takes out like fucking, we don't even see her take everybody out. We see her take out some people, but like there's a scene later where like, it's like Cyclops, Ray, and Rogue just walk in a room and everyone's just dead. And they're like, uh, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I mean, no one is actually dead for the record. They just have the little circles on them. She doesn't kill anyone, which is interesting. No. She could. She absolutely could have killed them all. And she does I mean, she could have, but I don't think it happens because this is a children's yeah, show. Yeah, and also, so. I don't think she wants to. I mean, that's not why she's there. That's true. I don't think we actually seen her kill anybody on this anyway. Because well, it's good a kid's point. Show. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like this scene with the dogs where they were coming at her and she like looked at them. Yep. And she got ready to attack, but then she hesitated. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Fury and Logan and the doctor and Nick Fury. Okay, wait, this is okay. This is crazy. Nick finally reveals that <laughs> X-23 stole the information on the X-Men. And I'm like, Nick, you could have started there because yeah. now you've driven away from the X-Mansion. I know, which is where she apparently is. Like, why did they even leave the X-Mansion in the first place? But I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. So then, well, because they had to go look at the base that she went through. So yeah, I guess. And they had to talk to the doctor who was then like, so it wasn't Logan. It was this other girl. The doctor gets onto the helicopter with them though, because then Logan's like, they're going to the helicopter and Logan's like I'm gonna go talk to X-23 on my own yeah this this shows she doesn't get the name Laura it's just she doesn't and then and then Nick is like actually I think we should just kill the child and everyone's like uh no that's a bad idea (laughs) and then Deborah Deborah's like also X-23 will kill all your men in like a second yeah like it has to be Logan just send Logan and Nick's like fine but only for one hour and only because I get to fuck him in the butt sometimes. So <laughs> we're coming in fast and hard, Logan. You got it. <laughs> fast and hard, Logan. Fast and hard. That's what he fast says. Fast and hard, Logan. If Logan fails, Nick Fury is coming in fast and hard. So everybody's just oh waiting for that. God. to happen. You know what? That's so gay. It's like <laughs> I could just imagine that repeating in Logan's head. Be like fast and hard. Fast, fast and hard. hard. They're coming fast in and hard. fast and hard. Anyway, <laughs> so then X-23 keeps exploring the mansion by herself. These shots. Ugh, this is such a heartbreaking episode. So she gets to an empty room, which is probably like Kitty's room or something. And she gets a teddy bear and she picks it up. I think the teddy bear is Kitty's, right? She hugs the teddy bear. So it's like clearly she knows what affection is and like wants to experience it, but doesn't know how. And like she sees these perfumes and she smells them and is like, ugh. and it's just like these cute scenes of her being a kid. And then she like goes into Jean's room and she sees a picture of Scott and Jean and a bunch of pictures on the wall of Jean with other other kids and then Cannonball walks in. He's like, hey, Gene, can I borrow? And then he like sees X-23. Okay. Cannonball is an idiot, though, because she <laughs> walks into Gene's room. The door's open, but the lights are just off. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, Gene, you're in here, right? <laughs> yeah. And then Laura turns around, attacks him, throws a thing onto his head, knocks him out. Knocks him through the wall. Yep. Like instantly. Breaks the wall. Yep. And so then Bobby's walking down the hallway and he's like, hey, who's breaking stuff around here? And it's like very Without funny. Me. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, so then he like walks into Kurt's room. He's like, Kurt, what's going on? And then he like finds Kurt, Gene, and Kitty all passed out with the devices on their heads. And Bobby's like, yeah. oh, shit. 
And then we see X-23 like Spider-Man to the ceiling yes. and she leaps off onto Bobby and puts one of the circles on his head. Yes. And then it cuts to like, and that's really funny to see where Cyclops and Berserker throw open the doors to Xavier's study and Cyclops just goes, Professor! Yeah, and then Ray is like, that's the same thing I found on Magma, which is like, we haven't even seen that. This is just a nice delivery of exposition where it's like, oh, clearly the characters have already seen other characters passed out with these things on their heads. Yeah. And then they turn to the door and they see it's like rattling open and Scott like silently like counts his fingers up to three, like they're both getting ready to attack. But then the door opens and it's Rogue and she's like, it's me <laughs> they like almost fucking like, kill her yeah, and then rogue's like what the fuck is going on up here yeah. and cyclops is like somebody has infiltrated the institute and literally everyone else is unconscious yeah and rogue's like oh shit <laughs> yeah like, it's pretty fucked up and so then rain looks at xavier's little head device and he's like it's small but i think i can zap it off him without hurting him and he's about to fucking do it which apparently would kill xavier when logan like busts <laughs> in and he's like don't those things are white to explode and it's like holy <laughs> shit dude like because yeah, a berserker like leaps away in shock i know oh my god and logan is like we've got to get you three out of here and scott is like no i'm not leaving without the others and logan just growls and is like fine whatever like, well no it's because cyclops is like no i'm not leaving without the others and rogue's like me neither and berserker's like me either and rogue's like oh my god i can't even deal with this right now so <laughs> so he just ignores them and like starts walking through the house and they follow him okay but this is great because they're like walking around and they find the room with multiple man multiple man unconscious and beast and scott goes logan fucking tell us what's happening and logan's like i can't give you an answer right now and scott's like you could though like <laughs> you could and then there's like a fucking looney tunes moment where laura like carves out a fucking square around logan's feet under the floor and then he falls through it like i don't know porky pig or some shit and he's like <laughs> it's like what is happening <laughs> it's like very tiny too and the next 20 comes out she does like like cool little flip with like an acme tnt thing yeah. i don't know uh, so then she starts attacking rogue and ray and scott and like when she pops her claws there's this quick shot where scott is like staring in surprise because it's like oh my god it's a female wolverine fuck <laughs> and then rogue is like you're giving me no choice and she takes off her glove and starts singing it behind laura and this is the part where i'm like oh laura just knows what all their powers are because like oh, yeah. she flips over R rogue tears off rogue's sleeve and then throws her into scott and ray who both pass out instantly and then Rogue is briefly distracted by that. And Laura uses that moment to throw a device onto her head. So she just took out all three of them in like one shot, essentially. Oh, I know. Which is incredible. It is incredible. And I also took that scene like Rogue, like just recovered from this massive personality overload where she was traumatized. Yes. And then she just immediately absorbed Ray and Scott instantly right after and that. Her, but she said she's like, you've given me, me no choice. Like, I have to do this. Yeah, like, I know. Anyway, so then Logan gets finally back upstairs after running all the way up the stairs from whatever hole he fell into. And he's like, game's over, kid. What are you after? And then Laura just attacks him. And then they fight each other all through the mansion, like 16 rooms. We're not going to talk about like everything they do because like they destroyed the entire mansion. I did love seeing every single expensive thing they destroy. They destroy a TV, a grand piano, like Logan like, like cuts chandelier. it in half. A huge fucking chandelier that like Logan barely dodges. It was funny to me to imagine Xavier just sighing, like writing the checks to replace all this shit in like two days. 
And then Logan gets up at one point after dodging the chandelier and he's like, I know what happened to you. No one should have to go through that, especially a child. And Laura's like, I'm not a child. And then she keeps fighting and Logan, but like is off guard yeah, because Logan is able to grab her hands and be like, you are, even though they tried taking that away from you, which is a really sad line. Yeah. And then she like runs toward him to kick him in the face, which I think this is the first time she reveals that she has the foot claw is this moment. It is. It is. And that's pretty cool. And then she runs outside and he follows her. And then they have this conversation while like sort of trading blows outside by the fountain. Yeah. And Logan is like, why come after us? And Laura's like, not them, just you. And Logan's like, I don't understand. And she's like, this is your fault. Everything I am is because of you. And Logan's like, you're mixed up. I didn't know about any of this. Laura says she's lying. And then Logan finally pops his claws and like starts using them to like block her attacks. Yeah, they get entangled in each other's claws, which is kind of cool. It is cool. And Logan's like, I'm a victim just like you. I'm the one person on the planet who understands you. And then she just starts crying and like can't attack anymore because she's fucking sobbing and it's so sad and logan grabs her and he's like i'm the closest thing you have to family and she's like i can't have a family i can't and is like sobbing into his arms okay but this line is sad i was like crying watching it (laughs) this line for logan is so good yeah it's so good he says your feelings don't fight him anymore let him win and then they hug each other he he doesn't say it like clearly i had to rewind it he's like he kind of he says it like under his breath. He's like, just let them win. Yeah. Like it's his own personal experience that he. Yeah. Where it's like you have to feel the feelings instead of denying them, which is what she's been told to do. Yeah. Because I mean, Logan was angry for so long and then he went into meditation and like sought ways to help himself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, also look, like a highly emotional character and like he is the first person to like have a mental breakdown and like sob all over the place. And he's like, it's okay. I embrace this part of myself. Yeah. I mean, it's what you have to do. You can't just like not cry if you're feeling trauma i mean he's, he's like highly traumatized but it was a good line for him because i felt like it was very logan i love this whole scene it's incredible so then the helicopters yeah. fly in because you know nick fury's coming in fast and hard it's been an hour <laughs> and logan just shouts go i'll take care of him get out of here now and laura like runs away into the woods i guess like he basically just well, she's she seems shocked at first yeah. and he's like no like i won't let them chase you anymore yeah and so then the helicopter lands and nick fury walks out he's like hey logan and logan's like <laughs> And Logan's like, forget about her. She's been through enough. And Fury's like, I can't just let this go. And Logan's like, yeah, you can. And you will. And they just do. <laughs> they leave. And I was they like, do. I was like, okay, that was the equivalent of Logan taking care of it. it was literally just telling his boyfriend like, hey, lay off. And Nick Fury's like, fine like it's like <laughs> yeah i was like that's why i was like i'm like okay it's like so an they, extremely expensive military asset admittedly trained by hydra and not the u.s military but it's still like really we're just gonna oh my god let this Nick Fury go? and logan even in the comic books are like so gay like i can't I not like nick fury just trusts him he's like yeah you're right okay it's like what is this like, whatever this <laughs> whatever it's i don't fine. know and so then it cuts to logan and xavier well logan Opens the door to Rogue's room. Yeah, because he sniffs her out because Xavier didn't use his fucking powers. He was like, where's Rogue? I can't I don't know. Find Xavier her. is a fucking idiot. And so Xavier's like, I was worried when I couldn't find you in the firm. And Rogue's like sitting in her bedroom looking at the at the window, sadly. Yeah. And Rogue's like, it's okay, Professor. I'm feeling much better now. And Logan's like, good. Get ready for training. Rogue's like, uh, not that much better. And Logan's like, I think you'll like this one. But it is really funny that it's like, no, Rogue's like dealing with trauma right now. And you guys are like, stop, calm down. <laughs> yeah. 
And so then outside, we see all the beast training exercises, which is basically just the mutants playing like little games together still. And then Logan walks in carrying a huge sack like he's Santa Claus and everybody sees him and they're groaning. And Logan's like, the course has a new objective today. And they're all still groaning at him. And they're like, oh, my God, Logan. And Logan goes, it's called mutant dodgeball. And he like throws a bunch of balls out of the bag and everybody cheers and is like, yay. And then Bobby's like, yes, I'm so good at this game and then logan's like oh extra credit for anyone who takes it the ice cube and bobby's like what <laughs> and everybody cheers and chases bobby down the hill and it's really funny yeah uh then xavier rolls up and he's like okay xavier oh my god xavier this is xavier's line he goes why the change of tactics logan i'm just gonna pretend like i don't remember anything that's happened in the past 24 hours at all <laughs> like he doesn't i mean he did get knocked out so i guess he doesn't know shit anymore i know mean, xavier was like well i'm sure he got debriefed it'd be funny if he was knocked out the whole time and logan just didn't tell him anything that happened that like, would be really funny xavier wakes up he's like what happened why is everything a mess oh logan's like there was a ghost <laughs> like <laughs> classic there's a bear <laughs> yeah so then logan's answer is sometimes you gotta let kids just be kids which is like a really cute ending i don't it know is. i love well, the, this episode. the final shot is everybody throwing balls at bobby and bobby's like i kind of like it when balls slap me in the face <laughs> <And then> credits <laughs> <laughs> okay i feel like this is okay this episode doesn't really need to be there like in the sense that like why is x23 even a character but i don't care i'm gonna give it a five anyway i fucking love this episode oh, i cried I mean, like, watching it i love her and i love everything i think it does do what it set out to do where it connects kids to wolverine and his trauma that he's experiencing because like i think they've tried to explore that on the show before and they've done I don't, know, I don't know if it's an okay job because all I remember is the fucking mind control dial. <laughs> okay, that episode wasn't good, but this episode is incredible. Like, this is yeah. the episode that shows you what it would be like if there was a child Wolverine, which is a thousand times sadder. Like, it's so sad that she loses her childhood and I all that. I do, too. I mean, like, yes, I think Logan should have been a kid on the show along with Storm, but also, like, I kind of love that Laura exists in this universe yeah. and, and that Logan has somebody that can relate to his trauma. Yeah. I think that is important. It is important. It is. And it also makes sense. And without this episode, we wouldn't have her in the comic books. I know. I know. And it also makes sense that they would try to clone Logan. I mean, his healing factor is so powerful and he's such a powerful fighter. I mean, you get why some type of evil government or evil spies or whatever would want to do that, would want to seal Logan and create their own Logan. Yeah, like, I mean, I find all of it believable. And I think it's, I honestly think had the show continued on for the seasons they wanted to do, X-23 would have been a main character because one of those final shots is a shot of the X-Men and she's with them. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I don't know. So uh, what do you rate this episode? Oh, I give it a five, like hands down. I mean, I, I, I mean, it was good enough for me in my teens, my late teens to make a whole music video to Evanescence. <laughs> yeah, it was also just cool to see a female character who got to be a badass in this particular way. I mean, we have had Wanda, we have had like other female characters, but like not quite the Wolverine anti-hero as Laura is. And that is just fun to see. It was pretty cool. It's, I mean, it's also a dark episode. Like it, again, I mean, this show was so good. And also the reason why they pulled it off network is it was just too dark and too serious. Like this is an episode that has no jokes. It's like straight up. This is an episode about a child Wolverine being tortured and having traumatic flashbacks about it. That is the entire episode and like seeing other kids who had families and then being sad and then sobbing about it like it's there's it's not a happy episode no and there isn't really that much of a queer metaphor to it per se but 
there also kind of is in a weird way where it's like this is like a kid who was raised in this like horrifying military environment that was like deny everything about who you are deny all your emotions and then technically the families the happy families she's seeing in this episode at least are found family you know like they're not oh, biological yeah. family and it's like that's still something that she didn't it's very have. queer right yeah it's interesting so there's that part of it as well that i like it is it's a good episode i really enjoyed it i don't i don't think there's anything i can add that you haven't already touched on well then it sounds like it's time yeah it's time for ryan to talk for like 20 minutes yeah you ready <laughs> yeah never okay who's that, that? x-men so we're today, gonna talk about laura i was talking about deborah just kidding <laughs> i mean you could i guess she is also a character she's not in the comic books i mean sarah kinney exists there's yeah there's a different doctor yeah, but yeah. okay so yeah we are here talking about x23 who has a very complicated comic book history uh so basically in the comic books they added her because of her popularity from x-men evolution which we talked about already and i feel like they just didn't know what to do with her for the longest time. They were like, great. We have this character that people love. She's in the comic books. We have like no coherent story for her until recently. I think up until she became Wolverine, like once when she was Wolverine, I felt like they had figured out what they wanted to do with X 23. But that Mm -hmm. was like, that was like 15 years. Like it took a really long time. Cause like, I don't know. And even the way that they introduced her into the comic books was like fucking weird because it was through NYX where she was like, amnesiac but she had a healing factor so like uh like a she was being used as a prostitute for sadism like it, yeah i know I, it's which so we'll get much to, but i'm gonna, I'm like gonna the tell fact that they even have x23 be a sex worker as like i think she's underage when that happens right or no is yeah, she she's 18? like 13 i think it's she's like, like a kid it's yeah. like how much grittier do you need her backstory to be like they're like, and like and she's a 13 year old prostitute being sold yeah, I, on the streets <laughs> it's like jesus christ okay i don't know they need to calm it down but basically i will discuss those plot points but i'm gonna go like in the actual order of yeah, her life yeah. so anyway so we we know her real name is laura kinney and yes. her abilities are i didn't know this about her but she has superhuman strength which i did not know like that was new to me um pretty badass she's also got durability senses reflexes oh sorry superhuman superhuman durability senses reflexes and agility and animal like attributes just like logan she has healing a healing factor and the healing regeneration adamantium plated retractable claws in her hands and feet she's basically wolverine uh, he, yep. She was created by Craig Kyle for X-Men Evolution in 2003 before debuting in NYX and in 2004, an attempt to make Wolverine to connect to more kids, which I talked about. I pulled a quote straight from Wikipedia on this because I felt like it was a good way to explain this, but it said, the characterization went for the opposite of Wolverine, where instead of a man older than we know with no memory of his past and the life that he lost, Laura Kinney was a young girl shackled to the murders she's committed, whose entire life revolved around the project that made her a killer. Kyle mm. added that the character is a Pinocchio for Marvel Karmics. She's a samurai sword trying to become a real little girl. Oh, which is that's an interesting. Sad. I yeah. thought that was good. A great description, though. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to copy and paste this because this is good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yep. Uh, and Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost also went on to script two comic book miniseries that were called Innocence Lost and Target X, which explained her actual character origin that they were putting into the comic books before NYX that was different from what ended up happening in the TV show. Like, it was a different team, different doctors, which is interesting that they decided to do that. I don't know why they just didn't go with the original plot, but maybe there was, like, something happening with Avengers at the time and Hydra bullshit that they couldn't. Yeah, and they didn't want to do that for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they kept it separate. 
So there was a top secret program created to replicate the original Weapon X experience. This is true to the TV show too. Dr. Martin Sutter recruits the mutant genesis, Dr. Sarah Kinney, who is kind of the replacement for Deborah in the comic books, Mm -hmm. to develop a clone of Wolverine. Dr. Xander Rice is also on this team, who's an important character because he was raised by Sutter after his father was killed by Wolverine when Wolverine was Weapon X. Right. In the program. That's his motivation, kind of, is like why they're like, oh, Wolverine's I, bad. I, mean, I Honestly, I felt like, even when I read those comics at the time, I felt like that was a good perspective to take on the Wolverine story because it really hadn't been done yet. Because like yep. Wolverine did kill a bunch of dudes. And it's like, yep. okay, but how does that affect their families? And why would they view him and mutants in a negative light? This Mm -hmm. is a more believable story for that. Yeah. Since the genetic sample from Weapon X was damaged, Sarah was unable to salvage the Y chromosome and proposed a creation of the female genetic twin. But her request was denied by both Martin Sutter and Rice because they're like, girls can't do things. Uh, So they had 22 failed attempts to use the DNA to duplicate the X chromosome and it didn't work a 23rd sample yield viable to combine with the embryo and sarah was like okay i'm just gonna go ahead against their recommendations yeah she uses her own yes genetic material to supplement the rest of right the- and so rice goes he gets his revenge on her being like well since you defied our orders you're gonna be forced to have this baby we're putting it in you and you have to give you have to be the surrogate mother against your will yeah pretty fucked up and so she, she so she gets birth to Laura. Uh, after seven years, Rice subjects X23 to radiation poisoning to activate her mutant gene. He okay, this is incredibly fucked up. This is actually worse than what happens to Logan. So he extracts her claws from her body, coats them in adamantium, and inserts it back in, all without anesthetic. Yeah. It's just awful. Yeah. He also implements the trigger scent that drives X23 into a murderous rage. This comes in and out of the comics all the time. Right. Although I think recently she's gotten over her. So this isn't on this show. No. But it's like this whole part of it where she's controlled by this certain trigger that makes it so that she'll... It's She's kind of like the Manchurian Candidate or like um Bucky where he hears the words. Yes. The Winter it's Soldier. It's very similar. It's, it's similar very similar to, to Bucky. Yeah. It's a very it's, it's it's somehow an even grittier story than Wolverine's story. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like it definitely was reflective of the kinds of gritty stories that were happening in DC and Marvel in this time period. Like this is like, you know, Frank Miller was popular. Yeah, like oh my god, Sin City, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like it was like all that shit. I mean, but also everything we were writing at the time was like gritty because it was Yeah, I mean it was goth, industrial, like all of that stuff was super popular and like that was absolutely her aesthetic. This is only a few years after like the matrix absolutely and it's like that was also part of her design like as a character she's like this very pale character with like black jet black long hair she looks like shiloh from repo the genetic opera that's because i would say 1999 to 2006 was like and it was very much our era which was it was not emo or goth it was like industrial goth sci-fi cyberpunk cyberpunk because the cyberpunk thing didn't really exist when it was just like industrial goth kids in the 90s the cyberpunk but then thing after was like, the matrix it took over completely oh yeah and, and that's it was like, like the all world. pleather all leather well but also i think it's interesting Everything that x23 story yeah like in this show she actually has brown hair like just normal brown hair but then in the comics they give her jet black goth hair like she oh, looks yeah. like goth snow white basically like you know yeah. pale as snow black hair it's right. a very different look Look, it's a much more extreme goth look for her, right. you know? It is, it is. And you're right, she does look like Shiloh from Repo the Genetic Opera, which I think that was like 2008, 2009. So that's like still in that same era, kind of. Absolutely, yeah, totally. So Sarah's niece, Megan, is abducted by a serial killer because we have to make this even grittier. So she smuggles <laughs> X-23 out of the facility to rescue her. X-23 yep. tracks the serial killer to his apartment, kills him, and frees Megan. 
Sarah yep. is then fired for doing any of that. Uh, <laughs> Rice then reassigns X-23 to kill Sutter and his family. I've read all of these and they're just Yeah, sad. and then X-23 <laughs> reveals to Sarah that Rice is responsible for the murders. So, so before Sarah leaves the facility, Rice reveals to her the incubation pods for X-23 and X-50. And Sarah yes. drops a letter to X-23 and assigns her final mission to destroy the pods and kill Rice, which X-23 does do and meets Sarah to flee. However, prior to his death, Rice had exposed X-23 to the trigger sent to kill Sarah. So X-23 then kills Sarah, comes to and sees what happens, finds the letter. Because it's like, how grim do you want it to be? Where she like finds the dead body of her mother that she killed. It's so like... I mean, it's also something that Logan has been through. I mean, that's the whole premise of Old Man Logan is that basically he's manipulated into a hallucinogen where he like kills all the X-Men and like that final shot where he like comes to and he realizes he's holding a dead Jubilee in his hands. Yeah. Like with his claws in her. Yeah. Like sad. That is their biggest fear is that that would happen to them. People love to do this to the, to the Wolverines. Uh, any of them. It could be Gabby. It could be Dakin. It could be Laura, a Logan. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Wolfsbane, like when we were doing her backstory, she had some similar situations and she's not a Wolverine oh, actually, yeah, per There's se, a lot of times but... in the comic books where like Wolfsbane crosses over with Logan stories and they like, they have a lot of trouble being in the same room because they will like go feral. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so as Sarah dies, Sarah tells X-23 that her name is Laura and that she loves her and hands her the letter and pictures of Xavier Wolverine in the Xavier Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura is then, after this, captured by S.H.I.E.L.D., where she's bound to gag. So, like, Captain America... Oh, oh, Captain America and Matt Murdock come in to interrogate her, and they're like, okay, let's, like, ungag her. What the hell is this, actually? Like... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you Why read that comic, but it's like this two characters like walked a... in, they're like, uh, <laughs> what the fuck, S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Laura tells them about how she went to San Francisco to track down Megan and also Sarah's sister, Debbie. So she introduces herself to Sarah's as Sarah's daughter and moves in with them. Um, during this time, Megan is having vivid nightmares about her abduction from the serial killer, but her family's like, that's not real. It's just nightmares. And Laura's like, uh, no, that was real because I killed that dude. Uh, you're like actually having trauma. And then Debbie's boyfriend turns out to be an agent that had been working for the facility and had been instructed to go in there and manipulate Laura into killing Megan and Debbie using the trigger scent. But the agent fucks it up and spills it all over himself. And so Laura just kills him. <laughs> it's great. Uh, the agents then storm the house, led by the woman Kimura, who was, who was also apparently part of the facility and had treated Laura harshly during training sessions and screamed at her and belittled her whenever Laura fucked up. And so Laura does get Megan and Debbie to safety. She handcuffs Kimura to a radiator that blows up in a house, but Kimura comes back later, so I think, I, obviously, she lives. Laura and Megan part ways, but Laura decides to confront the man who had made her creation possible, Wolverine. So, this is similar to the story in the comic books, where she tracks Logan down at Xavier's mansion, engages him in battle, they scream a lot. <laughs> uh, she doesn't kill Logan, obviously, because she can't. But then yep. she tells him why she came and Logan reveals that he had been aware of Laura's existence recently because he had received a letter from her mother mm-hmm. and then S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up to take Laura away, which brought, brings that whole story back to Matt Murdock and Captain America who decide that Laura's innocent and they're like, okay, she was brainwashed and we can give her atonement for her sins. She was a victim. So like Captain America brings her to a bus stop and is like, you know, go find Logan, go find my boyfriend. He'll take care of you. Yeah, uh, and the final shot of that comic book was Laura getting onto the bus and pulling out the letters from Sarah and sobbing all over them. So Sad. I know 
Okay, this is that woman going to NYX territory, which is where she actually debuted. So Laura appears in New York City again, brainwashed. I don't really understand what happened there. I don't remember the <laughs> details. If there was an explanation given, sometimes there somebody isn't. else brainwashes her. You know how it is. <laughs> yep. Uh, this time she's work. She's brainwashed and working for this Pip Zebra Daddy yep. who uses her as a prostitute for his his sadist clients. She's like thirteen. It's gross. And there's plenty of drawings of her wearing sexy like two thousand zero lingerie as a child in these I comics. I fucking hate that. But also it's like those comics rough. were pretty good, honestly. I mean, like in terms of the story. I mean, I read them, but I was also like, why is the two thousands like this? Why do we have to look <laughs> at this? I don't know. So this leads to Laura constantly cutting herself with their own claws trying to free herself from zebra daddy's control but she can't and so she becomes a withdrawn mute then she meets these two other characters kid and nixon and tatiana cabin who are also mutants and she sort of comes to her senses she runs away from zebra daddy and defeats him with the aid of her new friends and kills him basically she Mm -hmm. she kills him to save all the other prostitutes which is i will say like i don't think this was intended at the time but it is pretty common for queer kids who are suddenly homeless to turn to sex work like that is a pretty common storyline or like to be homeless like i don't i don't know if that was the intention of this but like i will at least say that in its defense you know like it is something that kids do underage kids you know because they don't have any other jobs they don't have any other way to make money it, it, you're right that's a good point i mean it's sad but yeah. I, I don't know if you ever watch queer as folk but like two of the gay guys that bring in like an abandoned gay kid have to deal with trying to train him to be like no you can live here and be safe and you, you can stop giving people blow jobs to make money like it's okay mm-hmm. i mean they have a similar backstory on the l word with shane i you know honestly queer as folk is a pretty good Like, if you ever want to go back and watch something from, like, our time in the late 90s of, like, what the gay world was like, I mean, like, there was, like, a lot of stuff with the gay clubs. I've never seen Queer as Folk, actually. I have seen the L word, and it's not good. Well, okay, oh, no, the Queer as Folk, they have a lot of gay sex scenes that, like, don't need to be there because they're, like... So does the L word. (laughs) Go on. Yeah, I know, but, like, it suddenly just, like, becomes softcore porn for a hot second, and you're, like, okay, but... In terms of like what's happening politically at that time, like I think Queer's work actually did nail that. I haven't watched it in years. Yes. I mean, in both cases, it was like these were the shows that were having that be represented. And that was very, very cutting edge at the time. And like it was not well received by like anybody other than like people like us who were queer and watching it. But like people were like, I remember having to watch that show like in secret because if people knew you watched Queer's Folk, they would like hate you. Like you would be yeah. ostracized and bullied and hurt. You would have to watch it like down low because if people even heard you watching it, it's like we got to go beat that person up. Like it was not it was. But honestly, like really important in terms of like uh, media for the queer community. So anyway, I don't know how I got there. So, yeah, I might watch it. Well, we were talking about like how homeless queer kids turn to sex work. And right. how that's like a thing. Anyway, right. back to anyway, X23. Okay, so, so Laura then takes a waitress job at a mutant themed nightclub in Mutant Town, which is the, I, that again is part of the Bishop Sage miniseries that you should really watch. <laughs> watch, read District X. Yeah, God, that's actually kind of hard to say. <laughs> District X. District. Uh, and X. during that time, um, she defends this non-mutant Jade Parisi, who is the daughter of a mob boss, and of course, some thugs come to berate her for having a mutant boyfriend. And so Lauren just kills the thugs and is like, whatever, and helps Jade escape and go into hiding. The deaths inadvertently make people think that it's Logan mm-hmm. who did this. And the X-Men are like, uh, do we need to worry about Logan killing people again? Which is something they have to go in and out of on a regular <laughs> yeah. basis. And Laura sees Logan and attacks him on site and calms down and they talk it out. And then the X-Men help her go to Jade and fight against Jade's mutant enforcer, Geech. And it's like this whole thing. Um, and Laura then flees the scene, but it only turns out like 
that Logan and Laura had created this whole like encounter on purpose so Laura could meet the X Men, but like like they they planned it together to have like a dramatic en- introduction. I don't believe that they are smart enough for that. Like, <laughs> well, I'm Laura sorry. might be. I don't know about Logan. I love them both very much, but I just don't. No, Laura, Laura, maybe Laura, maybe because she is tactical. But like Logan isn't out here like, let's create like an absurd situation. Like what? No, that doesn't make sense. I know. So anyway, okay. so Laura then returns to the Xavier Institute. She rooms with Rachel and Kitty, which is so gay because X-23 was originally written as a gay character. And then some other writer decided to make her fuck Warren. Whatever. That's still gay. (laughs) <laughs> but like originally yeah but also rachel and kitty are the characters that were supposed to date in chris claremont's run hasn't happened yet probably will in krakoa you know because now that kitty's out as bi it's possible a lot more reasonable to make that happen but the idea that rachel kitty and laura to me like living in your room together is like it's like this yay. it's like queer people always find each other you know and they just end up hanging out true true i know um there's like a plot point after that so that's really stupid where spider-man and x-23 like team up and go to save a mutant in an alternate dimension we don't need to talk about that i hate when they do that shit they're like now we're in another world (laughs) didn't even matter it's just to sell comics anyway yeah it is uh then laura secretly follows logan to an investigation in the canadian rockies where they're ambushed by evolved saurians sor swars mm-hmm. like the saurons the race from the savage land the pterodactyl guys yeah screaming about how they like can't give blowjobs <laughs> to people in the subway yeah um throwback uh anyway laura does escape and alerts the x-men and they all team up together with kazar to stop the saurians from from manipulating storm into destroying the savage land which is like that's a lot of plot beats it really one is gal. it really is <laughs> whatever um there's like a whole other story plot line after this that i did not read this so i could not explain it to you and i read about it and it sounded really <gasps> fucking dumb where like laura's empowered by the cosmic uni power to become captain <gasps> universe i haven't read this either i didn't even know i don't this know happened. It, then, it, it then leaves her at the end i don't know i just like i made a note about it and i was like i have not read this comic and i'm not gonna act like i have or no have any knowledge of it i don't know what this is <laughs> Whatever. um so it was right before house of m so like i don't know so then house of m happened and decimation and laura is one of the few mutants to retain her powers uh she leaves the expansion for a bit but like basically returns upon logan's assistant during this time she joins the new x-men which are basically the next generation after um the new mutants and generation x this was like the third series of child like yeah. you know, actual students it's like pixie and and all those characters well, pixie wasn't here yet but it was like x-23 and surge and dust yep. and hellion um you know all these characters were there and during that time this is this is this is when they made laura attracted to a boy and that was julian keller hellion and that's when the idea of her being a gay character that the original creators had wanted for her went away. And they were like, okay, we're going to pair up with a guy. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> this is also story, the same storyline where Stryker plants bombs on a school bus to kill children. Like you do. Yeah. And Laura confronts, Laura goes to Stryker in his compound and kills off like a bunch of the purifiers to rescue her friends. Like she's like, yeah, I'm going to kill fucking bigots. We're done here. I fucking love that. Uh, when Surge receives a distress call from forge laura helps the new x-men fight against a nimrod unit during this laura is wounded and unable to heal herself for a little while in order to save laura hellion convinces emma to unlock his full telekinetic potential which allows him to fly back to the mansion and have elixir heal laura 
There's also like this other side story. I didn't read this one either. And I kind of want to know where Laura is making friends with Mercury over coffee. Like they've become friends. Mercury and Laura. Mercury was also part of like that new mm-hmm. generation of X-Men. When Kimura comes back, the woman from before. Right. That that blew up in the house. I may have read these. I don't know. I probably read a lot of these, but it was like 10 years ago. So who knows? Maybe. Okay. Again, though, Mercury's another queer character in the comic books and Laura's hanging out with her. I think I'm like, just make Laura <laughs> gay. Jesus Christ. Like she's hanging out with like all the actual outed characters in the comic books. Let her be gay. <laughs> oh my Maybe God. They will. Anyway. So Laura and Hellion go to find the facility that Mercury has been kidnapped in. Laura interrogates a man at gunpoint. He he gives her the information and then Laura shoots him in the head anyway, which is yep. amazing. Uh, they then inf- infiltrate the facility to find Kimura and Mercury, who is now in a full liquid form. And they've somehow put Mercury's liquid skin onto Predator X and they basically save Mercury with the help of the X-Men. I kind of want to read those comics though because yeah, I, I love cool. Mercury. She's a great character. And then later on, Emma Frost finds Kimura trying to kill Laura again. And Emma just walks in and casually like erases the only happy moments of Kimura's memory in her life. So she doesn't have any happiness left in her. She's like, yeah, I'm taking that away from you. You don't get to have that anymore. I'm also going to tell you to go and hunt down all the members of your facility and kill them. And then wow. she leaves. And I'm like, Damn. Emma Frost is awesome. <laughs> like, I, do you love how Emma Frost is like, I'm taking away your happy memories, making you kill all these fucking people. Yeah, she's not going to kill you. She's going to torture you. Yeah, like, And then you have to live with the fact that you have no happiness in your life. That is so Emma Frost. She's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't fucking experiment on children. Um, just a <laughs> thought she's so good at revenge shit laura then goes to san francisco during like the whole utopia thing where she's reunited with kid i think it's i'm pronouncing it kid in but it might be kaiden i don't know but then she turns out to be like a bad guy and like disrupting time travel technology which threatens x-force this is a story where cable and hope are there and laura doesn't want to kill Kaiden, so Domino just does it. <laughs> it's just, which is very Domino. Yep. And then Laura later on goes back in time to save Boom Boom. And during that mission, Laura's left arm is left severed from her body. She's rescued by X Force, though, because they then go back in time before it happens. It keeps all that from happening, um, which kind of leads into the Necrocious storyline where she's reunited with the friends from NYX again. Then during Second Coming, Laura is part of cyclops alpha roster yeah uh, and then she goes to join the x-force which was like the secret black squad hit squad basically and that's a great run i do recommend that and then even even after she's not in the comic books anymore when it becomes uncanny x-force that's also a great run it's all very good laura tries to go back through a time portal at one point she sustains horrific injuries the portal does not allow any organic matter to pass through it which leads cable to sacrificing himself and letting the techno organic virus overwhelm him and kill him and he was dead for a while that's why we had kid cable for a little bit rest assured adult cable's back now <laughs> and but this made it possible for laura and cypher to return to utopia um after second coming logan cuts laura from x-force and tells her that it's time for her to go make her own decisions. She's been following orders from everybody her whole life, like to go figure out what she wants. And she doesn't know what that is. This was a great turning point for a character. I think, like, as I said, they have not figured out what they want to do with X-23. And this was really when things opened up this writer. I forget who it is. I want to say it's Rick Remender. It probably isn't. It might be Ron, but whoever it was wrote Laura and out to become her own character, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really, really good. I feel like there were some Marjorie Liu comics around this time that, that I like. Yeah, I think so too. Because then Laura tracks down the former Weapon X scientist and captures him before he can perform any more experiments with Logan's blood. 
And during this time, Lauren and Dakin sort of have like inter- interaction. And it's interesting because they had originally written Laura and Dakin to sort of have like a Wolverine and Sabretooth situation where like they would like be each other's enemies, but like are they brothers? Like we don't really know mm-hmm. or related in some way. And the writers over time have made it so Laura and Dakin started off that way, but then started aiding each other and coming to each other's side. And now they're just like siblings. Like, and I think Gabby also has a part of that because Gabby like made it possible for Laura and Dakin to sort of like be friends and be friendly to each other. Mm-hmm. Anyway, X23 then gets her own miniseries where she has horrible nightmares. This is the one that you read. The one where it's like her running around having adventures with Gambit. Yeah, this is this is by Marjorie Liu, by the way. Yeah, and it's really good. It's her and Gambit running around trying to figure out it's like... It's so corny. It's ridiculous. Miss Sinister is in it. Yeah, and Mr. Sinister who yes. turns into Miss Sinister. Yes, and tortures Gambit and or X23. It Depending on which variation of Sinister is happening. It's delightful. It is really good. And it helps her like deal with her own self-discovery and who she is. It's a great story. I love that Gambit's involved with that. That's just amazing mm-hmm. in every Jubilee's way. Jubilee's also there. She's a vampire because this is that era. Yeah, but, the, but they were getting along right away because like X-23 is like, you're not actually Logan's like kid. And Jubilee's like, you're not really his sidekick and blah, blah, blah. Like it was <laughs> yeah, just so fun. goth. There's so much goth shit happening. There's a period of time where Laura was babysitting Reed and Sue Storm's children, Franklin and Valeria. I don't know why that happened. Yeah, it's at the very end of that storyline. I don't know why it ends that way. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> and then during Logan and Scott's breakup, you know, schism, Logan asks Laura to join her side, and Laura asks Jubilee why she stayed with Cyclops. And Jubilee, Jubilee's answer was like, you know, she was at the time a vampire, and you know, she needed to eat blood or consume blood, and she could hear the heartbeat of everyone around her, and she never attacked her friends, so she needed to go into like battle. And Wolverine at that time was the one similar to this episode where she was like, "Kids need to be kids. We can train them, but they're not going into war." Which because Cyclops is like. You know, he's a Xavier parrot. He's yeah. like child soldiers. That's what this should be about. And Logan's like, actually, no. I mean, we could train them to fight. Like, that's not a bad thing. We could put them in training, but we're not going to turn children to soldiers. We're not sending them, especially on Black Ops missions that are like secret and sending them to do murders and stuff. As I recall, Storm was also against this and like called out Cyclops as well during that time period, which I like. Yeah, me too. So that was that whole thing. And Jubilee also said that Wolverine, like if you're with Wolverine, he's going to see you as a kid. He's She's like, he sees Kitty as a kid. He sees me as a kid he sees you as a kid he sees armor as a kid like we're kids to him because like we're basically his kid sisters and mm-hmm. so like if you're with logan like that's how he's gonna treat you yeah and then there's like some some other side story where like laura goes out dancing with jubilee and laura's like i don't dance and jubilee's like it's fun jubilee and then she sees like the guy who took over zebra daddy's operation and laura and jubilee go and attack them and that's a fun team up for them and then they're assisted by like black widow and it's just like like all these characters that are like hey you should have fucking tortured children growing up and now we're going to kill you. This led into Avengers Academy, which I fucking hated. We went through, this was during the time where like, oh my God, it was like Fox versus Disney. (laughs) Since we like, we're not putting an emphasis on the X-Men, they're like, what if we had Avengers Academy, which is basically the Xavier Institute, but shittier. Like during that time, they were like, okay, can X-23 fight? And they like fought Tiger and they're like, "Um, yeah, X-23 is the only character here who's not going to train. But it was really bad. I hated that. It led into the murder world stories where like the Avengers Arena where like Arcade then took like a bunch of the children and made them try and kill each other. It was literally Battle Royale. It was just that. Also bad. I don't recommend that. 
Just stay away from that whole era if you can. I don't think I read any of these. Probably because you were telling me not to. Then it gets even shittier because then after Avengers Arena, Kitty's with the time-displaced X-Men with Laura in this like Avengers Arena nonsense. And like basically at this point, Laura has like amnesia again, but we don't know why. And Kitty brings her back home. Laura gets her memories back really fucking quick. I don't even know why Laura had amnesia because it was like I think it had something to do with the purifiers, but it was stupid. I don't even know. And then teen Cyclops and Laura start like macking on each other. Weird. And Jean gets really jealous of it. But that's really funny to me that like teen Cyclops that is actually a Cyclops is still interested in like Wolverine? a version of Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, right? Like Jean's still jealous about it. Like it's still there. It's funny. Yeah. Laura then's like, let's go to the purifiers and attack their base. But like, it didn't work out very well. Everybody's knocked in and conscious. There's a bunch of bad stories with the time displaced X-Men where Laura is dating teenage Warren. I hated that. And then she also goes into the alternate universe of the ultimate universe where we meet Logan's ultimate son, Jimmy Hudson, because uh, she apparently had to go over there and say hello to him also. Because I guess Laura's going to connect like all the the all the Wolverine, Wolverine family children. members yeah why not yeah, right like that's why not and then then she goes into space where <laughs> Jean's atta- abducted like abducted by the Shi'ar and they have adventures with Guardians of the Galaxy like it, oh, this was so bad this was like they did not know what to do with Laura they did not know what to do with any of the X-Men because like this is when shit was off the walls batch of crazy like I mean the time displaced X-Men are here this whole era that is like 2010 like to I don't know, 2019 when the rights were bought back from the X-Men. Like there were a few key series that were good, but like Maddie, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just, they were refusing to, they were holding out on the X-Men brand because of the whole Disney Fox bullshit. And thank God that is over now. Like it's like that ended and immediately. It was like, okay, here's Krakoa. And we're like, Oh my God, thank God. Like that was like a 10 year, like, the X-Men saved the Avengers in the Marvel universe from like going under in the late nineties. So like really like it's absurd that any of this happened. Fuck you, Fox. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, then Laura did take the, this is when things finally started getting better when they were doing like, you know, like the, we talked about this already with the, the female characters taking the mantle. Yeah. Laura took on the mantle of Wolverine while he's quote unquote dead for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the better things that they did do during this time period. And you know, she got a great series. I loved this shit out of that sh- that series where she was Wolverine. It's and like, fun. It's fun stuff. It's good. It's good. Uh, at one point, there's like a whole series where like Laura goes undercover at a black market where DNA is being sold. And Tony's also undercover and Mr. Sinister. Tony's there trying to get like the DNA back from Daniel Cage. And like Laura's like, why the fuck are you here? You fucking weirdo. And then, like, I don't even know what happens. Like, Tony's like, I have to beat an unidentified seller. And then that unidentified seller, like, attacks. And it's like, it's me, Mr. Sinister. It's like, yeah. Classic. During this, I don't even remember who, like, reveals it. Or if it was Tony or, like, Laura on her own or Mr. Sinister. But that's when, like, Laura, like, discovers that her true genetic parents are, in fact, Sarah Kinney and Logan, but not. But she's not. She is a clone, but she isn't. Like, I don't even know. It's like, this is what you were talking about, where it's not clear. It's like if Logan's actual sperm was injected into the embryo. We don't know. Yeah. And of course, Mr. Sinister would have anything to this. Yeah, of course. Um. Okay. Then we have the other X-23 series where she went back to being called X-23. But this is really important because it's where Gabby came from. Laura learned of the alchemics genetics that had created 10 clones of her. Yeah. All but four of the clones had died in captivity, either during training or as results of tests and whatever shit is going on. I think they were using nanotech weaponry that was slowly killing their bodies. 
Two of them had died trying to escape. Uh, one committed suicide. Uh, a second one was killed. The last two sisters, Gabby and Bologna, survived alongside Laura. Mm-hmm. Bologna ended up like, I forget what happened with her. I don't think she died strictly. I think she went evil or something and then died. I don't remember. I'm sorry, everyone. I did not have time to research what happened to Bologna. <laughs> but what's important is that Lori did take Gabby in and adopted her as her sister mm-hmm. and took it upon herself to give her Gabby and Laura herself the family that she never had with Logan in hopes of helping her find the right path. And I thought I, I love that story. It's like the the Wolverine family. And much like Laura, Gabby possesses a regenerative healing factor and bone claws. However, she only has one single claw in each hand. Also, she can't feel pain due to the nanites in her body. She eventually adopts the superhero code name Honey Badger, given to her by Dakin. Uh, so, like now, now the Wolverines are this adorable, adorable family who I fucking love. I love the Wolverine family so much. It's like, I mean, it's also, it's also very queer coded Maddie where it's like, okay, like we, they are genetically related, but they've also sort of found family in each other in a way yeah. that like they wouldn't have otherwise. Like Logan has been a character for so many years that the comics books where he's been by himself. He hasn't had anybody. He's had the X-Men, his found family, but now Logan has like a little family of Logan, Laura, Dakin, and Gabby. And it's great. And eventually she takes on the name Scout. Gabby does. Um, so anyway, uh, Laura temporarily sheds the Wolverine mantle, mantle becomes X-23. Again, I don't know. It's like they go back and forth between whether they were going to do that or not. Mostly because of angry white, angry white men on the internet like couldn't deal with the fact that Wolverine was a, gr- a girl as usual. Whatever. Oh, there's also another family member. We forgot about Jonathan the Wolverine. The actual Wolverine that Gabby's like ha- keeps as a pet. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and then finally, uh, a couple of last notes. Laura then joined Jean Grey's Red Team, which, Maddie, I don't know if you've read that, but it's very good. It was hailed as one of the best series of comic books in general the year that it came out. It was very, very good. It was the stories with Jean Grey, Trinary, Gabby, and Laura. And like it was just Jean Grey's like fucking feminist team, and it was so good. And <laughs> cool. then Laura has since been on Krakoa, uh, she was part of the Fallen Angels storyline, helping Quanin find her child, who was like then put into like the digital world. They also shoved Laura off into like this weird. They they called it the vault, which allowed her to like go along with Cinch, where they went and like lived a whole life, basically like a whole like lifetime in this other universe, basically where to see what would happen with the like the Nimrod shit, hmm. and then they died there and were reborn on Krakoa, which is like craziness. And now Laura is the as part of the official X-Men team, like the one that is like the X-Men. We are the X-Men. Instead of having Logan as Wolverine, they have Laura's Wolverine on that team. And it's really, really good. Makes a lot more sense, too, especially in the current era. Oh, sure. Right. And also Laura was portrayed by Daphne Keene in the movie Logan. That's right. There you go. Uh, that was 30 minutes. of. But the, this was like a very participant one. Maddie had lots of. Well, yeah. But I mean, I've, I've read a lot of these. And also, I haven't read more than I thought. I, I'm going to have to check out some comics. Well, some of those the, some of those plot lines were really dumb. I don't know if you need to revisit any of that. Uh, yeah, probably not. But I, I might check out that Red Team, whatever it was called. Uh, this sounds fun. Oh, yeah. X-Men Red. Yeah, you would like that. Yeah. That's a very Maddie Myers. Uh, I almost said it was a movie. It is not a movie. It's not a movie. Maybe not yet. But, but Laura's, Laura's one of your very favorite X-Men characters. I right? love like, her. I love her. 
I mean, I also love Wolverine. So like the idea of like a gender swap female Wolverine is just like, yeah, great. That's exactly for me. Yeah, that was created for specifically for me. Um, like, here, and that's all go, I want to read. And yeah, so that was exactly. why I bought all those X-23 comics. I mean, back when I was reading those, it was before Marvel Unlimited when I could just be like, okay, show me every single X-23 comic. I had to like buy, <laughs> I had to buy like the volumes and stuff. It was annoying. Anyway, we live in, we live in a much nicer digital world now where it's easier to find comics. We talk about this all right. the time. Um, oh, we can we do. do our who's gay section, although it might be kind of tricky. I'm not sure. The It's not, I mean, it's Nick and Logan. Oh, you're right. What am I saying? <laughs> Nick and Logan are like, I mean, the whole reason anything happens in this is because Logan, well, Nick goes to Logan and Logan's like, you're going to do it this way. And Nick's like, fine, I'm going to ignore all my governmental orders because I really like you blowing me in bed. Yeah. And he's coming in fast and hard on Logan. He's coming in fast and hard. Fast and hard. You're he's coming right. in fast and hard. They are definitely dating. I forgot about that. I was just thinking about like the kids and I was like, I mean, we think X-23 is gay. Obviously, the creators wanted her to be gay. So that is a canonical gay character as far as I'm concerned. But that's not really a part of this episode because that's just not. She's too emotionally withdrawn for now to have a right. relationship with somebody, even if we know she's gay inside, deep inside her heart. But also Nick Fury and Logan are dating and that's just canon. And uh, that is canon. it's the only explanation as to why Nick Fury at no point even suspects Wolverine. He doesn't even waste any time on that. He's oh, like, yeah. so somebody took your DNA and they're framing you or like some crazy shit happened. So come over and we'll work it out. <laughs> and it's like, OK, uh, good thing uh, nobody was worried about okay, this. But also, like, I do like the fact that like Dakin is bisexual. Gabby's bisexual. Laura's written to be gay. And I'm like, OK, Logan, what do you got to tell us? I'm like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, come on. He's a part of the family. All your children are queer as fuck. It's, like, yeah, it's just true. It's just true. All of them are queer. They're all queer characters. And Logan yep. and Scott are dating canonically now. So when is he going to come? That out? is true. That is that is absolutely true. I Well, on this show. Also, I guess like shout out, even though it's not explicitly gay in this episode, I do sort of like the idea that like Logan and Hank are also dating and that like like Logan's like Hank you take care of this and Logan's like and Hank's just like oh, okay my boyfriend's having like a meltdown again I'm just gonna go take care of this let him figure it out yeah like, yeah I like that as well yeah I enjoy it also I guess Bobby and um berserker in that one scene oh right I forgot to talk about that line so there is this moment where they're looking at all the dead bodies all around the mansion and berserker just has this line where he's like wow they even took out Bobby and I was like why oh, does yeah. he highlight that like what why is he highlighting that specifically as though that's so impressive like it's really funny to me that he's like Bobby's the strongest <laughs> I yeah I know it was funny. I just look at his arms like I don't know yeah it's cute it's I cute. mean Bobby is kind of like I mean it's easy it's easy to like Bobby because he's confident right yep he is although, confident although he also hates himself at the same time because he's closeted yeah, he does. I mean, so it's I mean, all like just he, a projection he, you know at the time at the time that this was written this version of Bobby that was over 
over the top confident and flirting with people is to cover up that he was gay. But that's relatable to you at the time, I think. I mean, I feel like oh, you yeah. also were projecting an illusion of confidence despite not necessarily feeling that confident, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Well, remember when I was like in the closet completely and I'd be like, I'm straight. Here's a list of all the girls that I think are hot. Lara Croft is so hot. Emma Frost, all all the like gay icons basically <laughs> were like the women that you thought were I'm hot. Like, quote didn't, you know, didn't you know that Emma Frost and Lara Croft and Catwoman are like the hottest girls in the world? <laughs> I mean, they are, but uh, I don't think that's... Oh, Poison Ivy. Oh my God. I've been rewatching Batman and Robin, which I haven't watched in years. And like, it's a terrible movie, but I love it. Like, I don't care. I'm allowed to like bad things. It's super campy. I think it was meant to be that it's way. Also very gay. I mean, it is notably gay. Oh my god. I mean, fucking like, I mean, I don't really like Uma Thurman as a character. I mean, as an actor, but like her poison ivy, even though it's like kind of raw, it also is still it's like very campy. It fits the film. She fucking like slays in that. Like, yeah. come on. Like, how can you I don't think there's any iteration of Poison Ivy I don't like. And I remember when I was like a teenager, I was so obsessed with Poison Ivy, and I was like, she's just really hot. And also, like, I went and made a screen name to pretend I was Poison Ivy. And I was like, I'm not gay. I just think Poison Ivy is really cool. And I want to be here, but not because I'm gay. <laughs> and if somebody, if anybody comes up to you that claims they're straight and gives you a list of all the hot, hot people they would bang, that person is most certainly not straight. <laughs> like, if anyone pulls a Ryan Pagella at 13 being like, I'm straight. Like, here's a list of all the girls I have listed off on the top of my head that I can say right now on the spot every single time that I somebody questions my sexuality. Like, that person is gay. Yeah, because they have <laughs> prepared a list for you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, listen, here's my arguments. Who are gay icons, okay? <laughs> like, okay. Michelle anyway. Pfeiffer Catwoman is like... She's a gay icon. Anyway, let's move on from this. Um, so let's get to the plug section. Uh, this has been a long oh! episode. Woohoo! Pluggy! I can't do it. I don't even know why I, I tried. Um, don't hurt yourself. Woohoo! Uh, so so, <laughs> so you can go to our website, which is mutantages.com, and you can find so much information. And actually, while we're announcing things, I think we can say when our next uh, YouTube recording is, right? Oh, that's, that's right. Our next YouTube live stream, where we are rereading the second... Rereading. We're reading for the first time <laughs> the first unpublished screenplay, yes. which is Wolverine and the X-Men. We read the first half. We will read the second half. Live on YouTube. It's called Wolverine and the X-Men. It is on October 24th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be doing that live stream. <laughs> Please remember that. Please remember that. And who's to say whether we got the time wrong on Twitter and quickly deleted it? Who's to say if that happened or not? Okay, but can I, I, I'm going to admit that mistake because it's really funny because I like put out like three flyers that all said different times and yes. none of them were the right time. I feel like it was Todd who was like, am I just going insane? Like, is this <laughs> me? Like, or it was like, what was time like, Ryan, is this happening? It's 8.30 here, 6 o'clock here, 7.30 here. And 9 I was like, p.m. I it's like just random uh, times that Ryan's like, I made the flyers, everyone. Like, oh my God, it's 6.30 p.m. ET. That's that's that always the time. so funny. That, that was hasn't Really funny. But anyway, it's on October 24th. Please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss it. If you can't watch it live, which, by the way, it's very fun to watch live. There's always comments in the chat about how absurd that script is. Terrible script. We will be oh reading it. Oh, my God. It. it is like... There is nothing. I mean, recap for anybody that missed it. Go watch it on YouTube. But some things that you should note is that 
it was written where Magneto hasn't been revealed as Magneto yet, but he's also like a Nazi. Well, he's not actually Magneto, I don't think. I think he's an original character created for just I mean, the I movie. Don't know. You I don't, don't know. you think he's gonna actually be Magneto? I, th- I hope I hope not, because he's a he's an actual Nazi with like magnet powers. With like mutant supremacist ideas instead of white supremacist ideas. So I don't know. And they also masterminds a main character at the Xavier yes. Institute trying to fuck Jean Grey. Well, that is in character for him, but he's a teenager in this. Well, I think he's like 22 or something. Kitty's a teenager. Oh, I don't know. Well, Kitty, this script had written Kitty pride to use her powers. And whenever she did that, she, her clothes would fall off. Yeah, she would just phase through her clothes and get naked. That's literally in the script. So so anyway, that's the kind of gold we're reading on the YouTube yeah. channel. Um, So come check that out. And there's a reason why it didn't get made. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason it didn't get made. And we're going to continue reading X-Men live action scripts that did not get made on that channel with uh, me and Ryan, Todd, Righty, and Katie. And maybe we'll invite other people on. Who knows? Uh, but we're having a great time with that. So we're going to do that once a month. And there's other stuff on the YouTube channel as well. So you should definitely hit that subscribe button. Um, I got way off track here. But the point is mutantages.com. You can find all these different ways to contact us. Uh, we've got an email address, the mutantages at gmail.com. We've got the Discord server where people can hang out, talk to each other, talk to other fans of the show. There's a link to that at mutantages.com. And we also have a voicemail inbox, which is 1-508-319-1668. And then last but certainly not least, we have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. Ryan finally checked it and we didn't have any mail. Is <laughs> Did all of the mail get sent back because we didn't check it for six months? No, that, just, that I don't doesn't know. happen. I hope not. No, they, they keep it there. Like, okay. I'm not even kidding because P.O. Boxes, are they operate that way because they they know people don't check that right away. So they just stays in storage forever as far as I know. Wow. But, okay, well, that's a relief. Um. So anyway, if you do send us mail, though, we will check it. So don't worry about that. We will eventually if, check if, it. If that situation and also, ever it won't happened, be returned to you. I mean, this is good news just anyway. Well, if, if something happened like that, they would put a slip in your mailbox and be like, you missed this. But <laughs> that has not happened. So. Yeah, so that's good. Um, but also, you know, if you send us something, you can also let us know. And then we'll definitely check for it because sometimes yeah. we forget to check for weeks at a time. Well, it's OK. It's not even like that. It's just that I work a day job now. And that is apparently the only times that a post office is ever open. I know. Which is like really a fucking pain. In the- it's like going to the bank. It's like, please visit the post office or the bank when you can't go there. Yeah. Uh, so um, do you want to talk about social media and your YouTube channel? Yeah. I mean, like I said, the YouTube channel is the meeting just a. Uh, on YouTube. I said I almost said it at Gmail, but it's actually at YouTube. <laughs> I, some of the other things you can see there in addition to us reading these scripts are us playing through X-Men video games, X-Men parodies. Sometimes I match up this show with actual clips of the shows. It's a good time. You can see us reacting to our old home movies that we made in high school, including Demon. I also have my YouTube channel, which is Ryan Pagella. It is a adventure and theme park vlog. Uh, lots of good stuff will be coming because I will be visiting Orlando in this coming week. Yeah. I will enjoy being warm down there while it's cold up here. Then we also are everywhere on social media for the meeting ages, which includes Facebook, 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 Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Pinterest, <laughs> and TikTok. <laughs> and we're from Boston and we're going to get some dunks after this. Yeah. We, oh, my God. That is the <laughs> that is the most Boston accent I've ever heard come out of you, Maddie wow. Myers. Thank you very much. Um, you're welcome. I am also on social media. Did you say you're Ryan Pagella and Ryan Don no, Pagella everywhere? Well, you you are. may as well just keep on going. Okay. Well, I'm at Minnie Myers everywhere. I, there's no dot in there. Unlike Ryan, who has to put a dot in his name. I don't I, know well, why. mostly I'm Ryan Pagella at most places, but sometimes I, I'm at Ryan Pagella. You have to check both. For example, Instagram is Ryan Pagella. And 
I also have a Twitch channel. I stream at night. I always post in the Mutant Ages Discord. So if you want to follow me there, I'm playing through all of Metroid Dread right yeah, now. Yeah, it's which such a good is game. So good. Unsurprising that Maddie and Ryan are just going to hear it and like <laughs> have so it. Good. Yeah, that's exactly what she's going to do next. Maybe me as well. I don't know. That fucking robot in that game makes me scream every time. Like I'm actually screaming. Really? You're going to get better at it. You're gonna you're gonna become an old hat at fighting those little robots. You're gonna be fine. Oh yeah, sure. But you're right gonna, now it's gonna I get just easy scream. by the end. I promise. But that is something you can see on Twitch me playing that and screaming great so great um so we also have some ways that you can support us financially and get something for it in return we have a store i link to it in every episode description there's also a link at mutantages.com and you can get t-shirts and masks and all kinds of stuff with bishop saying time travel is real or the logo for our show and we have a patreon patreon.com slash the mutant ages where we release bonus content bonus episodes and audio and all kinds of shit i don't know we got uh we got soundtracks. We got behind the scenes stuff. We got Ryan's goofy notes from every episode. We got the highest tier where you get a shout out on the show. Ryan, that's right. Give me with those shout outs. Give me I, that. I mean, goth, oh my god! Should I just like say, Goth X twenty three. I don't know. Like I don't even know. I watched Samuel B. Sorm B. and Zach S. from the bushes having fun, and I didn't have that growing up. And now I'm gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> also oh <my> <laughs> uh shout out to brock who boosts our discord server yes thank you brock king of the discord uh, he's also our official mod now so he yep. has evolved up to that so yeah but he's very participant in there keeping the the conversations alive so thank you brock and also keeping us in emoticons uh making sure that we get special special emoticons we got that meowth that's right that's right that's right um what was i going to say before i started screaming like i had something important to say and now it's gone so i don't know are you going to talk about i iTunes reviews? No, but well, you can't do that. If you can't afford to support us in any of the the paying ways, that's fine. You can also go to iTunes and leave us a review, a star rating, whichever you can donate. Uh, that's great. I don't know why I said donate, but I guess it is kind of a donate because it, anytime you leave a comment, it helps increase our visibility for other people to it find does. us on iTunes or whatever podcasting and listening app you use. And yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, and also you could just share the show on your own personal social media or send it to a friend who you think would enjoy it. That is another great way to get us out there. Get That's some people right. listening and supporting the show. That's we appreciate right. it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Here I am. Oh my god. That's this right. episode is almost 2 hours. Um I'm sure I'm going to edit it down. I'm sorry. It's because we were excited to talk about it and I also am very tired. <sighs> I love X23. I'm so tired. We probably went off topic a lot of times because we were excited and tired. Because <laughs> we needed we needed Ryan to fly off and talk about Poison Ivy and Batman and Robin for like a full five minutes. Honestly, though, I enjoyed that. I'm going to leave that in. Uh, that's going to be but in there. I, People I can enjoy that, that. For the Patreon. Okay, actually, I do remember what I was going to say. But for the Patreon, <laughs> uh, we should do Batman and Robin at some point. That would be fun. I agree. Also, Black Widow is finally on Disney Plus. So maybe I'll check that that's out. That's what I was going to say. Uh, so basically, Maddie and I will do additional podcasts where we review other comic book or Marvel-related material coming out. Absolutely. There's a huge backlog of, of episodes that we've done about that, about Suicide Squad we did recently. We haven't done Shang-Chi. I haven't seen it yet. That's another one I'm waiting to come to Disney+. Or Plus. HBO or whatever the fuck they're going to put it on. I will I probably know. see Eternals in the theaters, though, because I love Angelina Jolie. Oh, yeah. And also also the Eternals and the comic books do are connected with the X-Men and their genetics. So, like, mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah, so we know. pretty much do... I mean, we do DC movies and Marvel movies, and we do bonus episodes about those, and then sometimes we just do old movies or whatever 
whatever we happen to be watching. Like we did a something episode about the Marvel's What If about T'Challa, which I really loved. I don't know. So there's a lot of bonus content. Yeah, oh, he came back, by the way. You should uh, go watch the last episode because to- that Star-Lord T'Challa comes back. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I'll get caught up. Also, I also Captain Carter, who is very flirtatious with Black Widow. And I was like, oh, I kind of shipped this. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. I'm down. All right. All right. All right. We're a bunch of queers here. We're all queer. Right. All right. Anyway, we got to go. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See Logan. you next time.